Hey, what's up? This is Kevin from Kevin's Barbecue Joints, and welcome to episode 311 of the Kevin's Barbecue Joints podcast. And this one's awesome. It's with Nick Predite from Predite Barbecue in Los Alamos, California. They're open three Saturdays a month. One Saturday, it's a lineup style, Central Texas style barbecue. So they have a lineup style one Saturday, and then two other Saturdays are pre-order, and they have pre-order from their Instagram. There's a link, and you can pre-order and pick it up there. They're right outside of Bell's Restaurant in Los Alamos. And he talks about, too, this is... There's a lot that we talk about, but he does talk about the perfect experience where you could stay in Los Alamos to really experience the area. And then he, if you came on a Friday, he's cooking Friday night. So there's the, the hang capabilities. And then the next day on Saturday, get your barbecue. But on that Friday night, you could eat at Bell's Restaurant. It's, <laughs> this one's awesome because he grew up in Northern California, went to school at UC Santa Barbara, then stayed in Santa Barbara in the Santa Barbara restaurant scene, the higher end seen and learned all about food and seasonal ingredients and he brings that to his barbecue situation and we talk about how he started his little side business that turned into to what it is today and his trips to texas and how that shaped his understanding of what central texas barbecue really is i know you're really going to want to try his food it's worth the trip santa barbara is not too far from los angeles and there's another hour and a half it's a beautiful drive gorgeous like he said, once you get up there, it's vines and cows, and it's just beautiful scenery. If you're in San Francisco or San Jose or somewhere up there, you can come south and, and visit him and get a real taste of what California and Central California is all about. I can't thank Nick enough for taking the time, and uh, after talking to him, I just can't believe that I haven't been up there and visited him. And after you listen to us, I know... <laughs> I've said it before in this intro, you're going to want to visit. You're going to want to try his food. And the Kevin's Barbecue Joints podcast and YouTube show is brought to you by Flores Tortillas. They're out of Whitney, Texas. Micah Wyatt putting out tortillas with smoked beef tallow. You can order them in a dozen and have them shipped all across the United States. They usually drop on Monday around 10 a.m. Texas time, Central time. They sell out pretty quickly. They're so good. And there's a number of barbecue spots across Texas that carry them for their tacos or they sell them in their case by the dozen. Again, that's Flores Tortillas. And florestortillas.com and if you're digging these please subscribe that way you don't miss out i'm putting out at least one of these per week if not two hope to bring you guys interesting people like nick i have a website at kevinsbbqjoints.com links all my podcasts and youtube versions of things as well as crazy lists about what knives barbecue joints use honing tools bunch of cool stuff i'm crazy about uh organizing things especially in the barbecue world but at the end stay safe visit your local barbecue spot well nick uh good afternoon how are you doing today very well kevin thanks for having me yeah i'm glad yeah i've been wanting to talk to you for a while and also i apologize for not getting a chance to visit yet but i as we talked off camera i'm going to be able to hopefully very soon but because uh, you're not that far where so i want to get to like your background and did you grow up in that area because you said you're in san Inez valley right now is that where you grew up no i grew up in san jose in a very oh. small town south of there called morgan hill what was that like <laughs> uh you could be man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man i can hear my my boys i grew up with hollering right now about what we were doing it was good man it's a it's a quiet town there's like you know some some farms circling because we're close to hollister and gilroy so there's a lot of farms okay. yeah yeah, okay that area. um and then it yeah but it's like kind of right on the cusp between like farmland and the city so like you can drive 10 minutes north and you're into San Jose, 10 minutes south, you're into farmland. So it was kind of this in-between wedge, if you will. Do you get back up there ever? Ah, uh, man, I was up in the city for a game a couple weeks ago, but I don't really, kind of just cooking a lot. So I don't really have the chance to get up there. 
Yeah. So how did you, how did, how did, how did you get into cooking? Were you, did you go straight from high school to restaurants or did you go to college somewhere else? Uh, yeah, I graduated. I have my, uh, I have my bachelor's from UCSB. Oh, I didn't know you went to, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm a gaucho hauler. Um, (laughs) I have many friends that went there. I made it out alive. Um, yeah, I know that's a, yeah, Isla Vista and all that. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's great. Um, (laughs) but I, uh, I started cooking really young with my my mother actually. Okay. She would kind of pull pull us into the kitchen. She was a big foodie. She really wasn't like trained professionally, but she just had a big like, you know, interest in cooking and she had she had a knack for it. She was cooked a lot too and she was a gardener. So she was always we always had a little garden oh, in the back that's nice. with Yeah, all kinds of fruits and veggies and and stuff. So um I was put on dish duty pretty early, obviously. And then that kind of graduated as I got older to like, you know, some knife handling and boiling stocks and stuff like that until, um, you know, probably my early teenage years, um, she was asking me what's for dinner. So, so she was running a little, little kitchen at your house. Like. Yeah, man. I mean, we'd, we'd read shit like the Sopranos cookbook. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, that's cool though. Do you have a, do you have a favorite recipe that she made or do you, is there anything that you make now that you, that she used to make a lot? Like uh, pesto, pesto? pesto man. Gri- veggies grilled with pesto and steamed white rice ah, is okay. like a nostalgia on a plate for me. Wow. That's cool. Do you, are you going to weave that ever into your menu somehow? You know, it's interesting you say that. Like I've been reading a lot about like California heritage and like, and like cooking and like cuisine and like how like California food has been shaped. And it's really fascinating because I kind of just assumed because, you know, you see a lot of like Mexican influence, mm-hmm. but really there's just, there's so much more like Portuguese and Spanish, um, Chinese and Japanese. So I'm starting to kind of teach myself a little bit more about California's history. And I think with our food, what our idea is to like, kind of like highlight uh, what California is from this like historical heritage background. Wow. That's, so the answer is yes. Lies a long-winded answer for yes. No, that, no, but that's <laughs> that's the that's the answer I was hoping for. Is that because and then so then when did you start? Did you when you went to Santa Barbara? Did you work at restaurants at all, or what? Or did you have a job that like yeah a, at that pizza yeah. at that one pizza place that everybody went to? Or oh my god, no! I just got trashed there. Um, <laughs> I started working at a restaurant when I was eighteen when I had just gotten up here to go to college and I was working with a bunch of buddies at this place called the boathouse in Santa Barbara. It's really beautiful, like beachside yeah, yeah. joint. And I was like, I was busing and running food um, kind of at the bottom of the pecking order mm-hmm. and spent nine years at that restaurant. Really? And met know. some, yeah. And met That's some incredible awesome. people. Yeah, met some incredible people, as, which is pretty unheard of in the restaurant world. It is, yeah, nine years. Um, like almost any job, but a restaurant job especially. Yeah, yeah. So that was like my first intro. And I, I pretty much, at, once I was leaving that restaurant, which was a couple years ago, I uh, was bartending. I had waited tables. I had almost worked every position other than being a manager there. Did you live and in Santa Barbara me, at the time? Taught me quite a bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was living in Santa Barbara at the time. So I learned quite a bit working at that restaurant because it's just high volume. It was very busy. That kind of got me into bartending, which then kind of got me. I kind of have a, a little bit of a, an addictive personality when it comes to teaching myself new stuff. 
which is I kind of start to, I geek out on yeah. yeah I geek out on things you know I start like kind of obsessing a little bit so I kind of started learning about bartending and then I started working at another restaurant called the Lark um where is the Lark that's I that's Lark's so it's in the downtown area of okay. Santa Barbara um which is uh run by Jason Paluska a chef okay. um who's actually from the Houston area huh. and um we fostered a pretty great relationship there but I was working alongside him uh, running the bar program and he taught me a lot about because um, he's got a pretty refined palate and work, you know, in the Michael Mina group. So he's, he's uh. a very well-trained chef and he kind of got me up to date, like with like seasonality, flavor profiles um, and things like that. So I started spinning this program at that, that restaurant, which is very like seasonally driven. So huh we would have cocktails changing every other week with whatever we were pulling from the farmer's market. So that got me really cued in on like, that's a big deal. Like, that's interesting. That's, and he's kind of a mentor. It sounds like. Yeah. And well, I mean, he's from Houston, man. So he loves barbecue. Yeah. So it was funny when I first started working at that restaurant, I was like this hot shot. Yeah. We're back. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like this, like this hot shot, snotty bartender walking in the door. And you know, it's like that back of house front of house rivalry. It's like, they never really want to like, uh-huh. you know, let their guard down. But he had heard that I was doing these barbecue pop-ups. This was in its kind of earlier infancy stages. And he's like, Oh yeah. What he, I remember he caught me in the walk-in and he like, just like squared up with me. He's like, sorry, I heard you cook barbecue. <laughs> That's and I, I was, I was waiting word. for this. I was waiting for this day to come. Cause I knew he was from Texas <laughs> and I was like waiting for it. And I was like, yeah, Sir, I do, and he goes, uh, "Is it that Santa Maria tri-tip?" And I'm like, "Ah, no, it's a little bit more like that, kind of like slow smoked offset." And I think the minute I said offset, he's like, "What?" Yeah, I like, showed him a, I showed him a picture. I have a, a pit from Drew Harper, a 650 that I'd gotten from him just maybe that year, and I showed him a picture, and he he didn't want to believe it, and he's like, he's like, man. So you're cooking Texas barbecue? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I was, like, well, awesome. well, I was like, well, kind of, but anyways. Um, wait, so wait, so let's, let's go back just a little bit. What, what made you get the pit? And what, what was, was it, did you, did you have, did you go to Texas uh, or something or go to Austin or? No, I, uh, so I continued to cook and like, I think my palate started to really evolve working with Jason and working at the Lark and running that bar program. And, I continued cooking for friends. I started doing a lot of like supper club dinners at my house. Um, nice. And this was like outside of barbecue. This was just kind of like general fare. Yeah. And uh, I just really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed cooking for people on a larger platform. And um, I read a lot. I read a lot of cookbooks. So I was just always trying to cook new things. And I'm also very impatient. Um, and in reading all these different cookbooks and different journals, I came across like a Texas style brisket recipe. I don't know if it was in like Bon Appetit or something like that, but I was like, oh, that looks really good. You know, they always had those stylized photos. I was like, oh, I think I can do that. They had a recipe on how to cook on like a Weber kettle mm-hmm. with like, you know, the class of like but... soak your wood chips for 15 minutes and set it. You know what I mean? I'm like, I can do all that. So I got this like big, like 12 pound like packer and, I had this shitty like rusted out Weber kettle and I gave it a go and it was like shoe leather, man. And I was so <laughs> upset and that kind of like, like sprung into me, like not taking no for an answer, I guess with, for myself. You yeah. Know? And had, had you sure... seen, had you seen other, like, had you no, seen... I had, I had no clue. I had no clue what I was doing. 
I had no That's clue a- what I was doing. I, I, but I had been stumped at that point, and I, oh. I didn't like being stumped. Uh, it makes um, sense. Because when I was saying when I so, when I lived in Ventura, I, I got my first brisket. Like I didn't know to cut it. I didn't know it. like someone shipped it out to me. I didn't like because that's a, something too. Coming living in California, we have no idea. We, we didn't have any idea. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was lucky. I had a a friend who owns a butcher shop, so I was able to get one. But um, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was getting into. But when you um, so oh so that was the drive like like messing that piece of meat up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. You re- like want to conquer this. Oh yeah. And then my next phone call, I called my buddy, Dan, who's, whose father's from Texas. And I know he's got a couple smokers at his house and he, uh, lent me his father's offset. And, um, uh-huh. I started cooking briskets, like out of my backyard on this, this borrowed Texan offset, um, which was, uh, you know, looking back, I thought I had like a Cadillac, you know, in my yard, but, um, I think it was a pretty average, like, something you would find in commodity yeah it's a pretty yeah for texas i mean it's pretty like commodity standard yeah yeah um but again i just kept it just was not it just wasn't what i was anticipating and i knew i wasn't doing something right and i just continued to like keep practicing and cooking and like trying new smokers and yeah and that just kind of evolved into but you did you see you didn't see anything like any YouTube thing or anything like this is amazing like this is gonna no just, no this did you no, just understand did you just understand I don't think YouTube like was I don't think you had like the maybe not the, you didn't have like the Franklin Masterclass or even like the Jerby I mean obviously not Jerby he's doing his thing now but like <laughs> shout out to Jerby nice. shout out Jerby dude that kid's <laughs> I love Johnny champ. God, I don't um, talk. I'm talking to him. So if you have any questions for him, I'm talking to him next next week. We're doing a question and answer session. So people are that I'm going to have answer questions from people. So that's, that's we'll do. I don't know. Man. I just like, like that guy. Yeah, I know. I yeah. love. It. I love. I love his interviews. Like how it's stuck. Yeah. Like this. He's um, just like yeah. But so okay. Yeah, they didn't have that kind of stuff. So then. So, so no, I. I mean, I grew up. I was lucky. I had a, I had a wood fired barbecue joint when I was growing up called Trail Dust Barbecue in Morgan Hill, and okay. uh, they did brisket, but it wasn't like it wasn't something you ordered much of, at least our family. We always got ribs and coleslaw and things like that. They actually were cooking on a, a close pit over there. They come to find out. Ah. Um, there wasn't really any YouTube reference. It was just a lot of reading. And finally, um, I got a uh, Smoky Mountain, Weber Smoky Mountain. It's like okay. the kettle, but extended. Uh-huh. looks like a little bullet. Uh-huh. I had that. Um, yeah, and then I started kind of experimenting there, and then the barbecue started to take a little bit better form, mm-hmm. and I started kind of it started leading me on this trail of uh, of how I can kind of start tightening everything up. Because um, again, I come from more of like a like a food background, I think mm-hmm. general culinary background, than yeah. I do like a barbecue background. Yeah, yeah. So it was a lot of questions from like my chef friends on like how to approach, and then trying to weave that with like this barbecue um information that i was like getting my hands on and you knew so you I, had to cook it a certain amount of time to make sure it, it well the funny thing is is like looking back now that i think about it i was so focused on like temperatures i was so focused on like okay the stall 165 the a finish internal temp of 203 you know I, I was like kind of like focusing so much on on those temperatures that i kind of like i think i was losing sight of really what the process is mm-hmm. and like the def- real definition of doneness 
I think so, a lot of people will relate to what you're just saying right now. A lot of people. Yeah. So I, I had, and it was definitely a, like a moment for me, like for, in a culinary way too, because it kind of helped me like, I don't know, get myself up above the surface and like how I approach food in general. And that, you know, you know, people hate this, but when they ask you, how do you know it's done? You just say it's done when it's done. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, people hate that to hear that, but that's such a true statement because mm-hmm. it proves a lot of uh, experience, knowledge, and I think uh, intuition yeah. in what you're doing. So um, I was just getting my reps in and like using a thermopen, <laughs> trying to fucking trying to figure it out. Like my trims were really, really mediocre. I, I don't even think I trimmed much, honestly, to start. But I entered a local competition for the Independent, which is a local yeah. uh, journal, like newspaper. Mm-hmm. And they do this like sizzling summer barbecue contest. Um <laughs> I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't. This is all news to me. I didn't know you did this. How did that turn yeah, out? Yeah, I, uh, I was I was really happy with it, but it was really funny. Matt Ketman, who put it on, he he's a he's a journalist here in town um, for Food and Wine, but he was putting it on, and I was like, "Hey, man!" So I got to show up to Oak Park at at seven a.m. the day of the contest. He's like, "What?" I'm like, yeah, this thing's going to take me 12 hours. I got to get there early and get the fire started and go. And he goes, oh, man, I don't know. The park's not open yet. I, I don't know, man. I'm like, all right. Well, so I just showed up anyways, like at like dusk and a couple bums sleeping on the bench next to me. And I'm like getting this thing fired up, doing my minion method, you know, my snake charcoal Kingsford um, at the bottom of the Smoky Mountain. But uh, no, I felt really good about that cook. And like after we i ended up winning nice and uh it was the amateurs not the pros um <laughs> but still though, that's cool that's like but that's it gotta cool. be a good and feeling I, yeah no that definitely like kind of jump-started me a little bit and um takes little things like that to yeah know. yeah yeah and uh you know serving serving food to people is a it's a risky business mm-hmm. um not from not from a health standard obviously but from i think putting yourself onto a plate is mm-hmm. uh no. Yeah, you're putting yourself out there completely. Yeah, that that was good for for myself, my ego, and uh, understanding that like what I'm doing is actually like getting better. Um, and then I met uh, I met a buddy of mine for a beer. I think a couple weeks later, his name's Michael Russo, and uh, he had a fucking great pep talk for me. And he was like, "Man, I think you can sell this to people, and I want to help you." And I was like, nah, no way, dude, you're out of your mind. And he's like, no, man, we can like, this is good and we can make this happen. So we ended up starting a small catering company in town that ran for a couple of years and we did great. And that's what really like helped me put my serious reps in. It was a, more. for barbecue specifically. Yeah, it was just barbecue. It was oh. just, we were like, let's just do barbecue. We we're doing like, I think pork shoulder and like brisket plates. Okay. With like a couple different sides. I have some of those old menus like rolling around for fun. Just to like look back at my prices. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm not making any money. Um, but well, what kind of functions were these at? Were these? Like, oh, man. Like, well, it, it was it. They started like because I worked in the industry in restaurants. Like I had these friends who owned like different wine bars, restaurants, breweries. So like we'd just bounce all around town between uh, like different restaurant patios that were closed on a certain days to different breweries that were having vendors to different wineries. Like, you know, so we just like were uh, hustling hot, hot on the road. Yeah. Honestly hustling. <laughs> yeah, and it's no, funny, like 
my, my buddy Mike had a, like a Volkswagen GTI and like, we'd stay up all night, like smoking everything. And then red eye it to like our gig with like this GTI packed to the gills with Cambros and all of our serving equipment. And like, we'd, I'd have like buns on my lap and he'd have like the folding table shooting next to him. And we'd be racing to our event and I told him, I was like, dude, this needs to be a fucking Volkswagen ad. Like we're, we're pushing this thing to its, <laughs> yeah, really to its outermost limit. So yeah, that, that was a critical stage for us too, because that, then we started monetizing it. Um, and we started getting some really good feedback and, and again, just like feeling really confident with the food and we were smoking. You'll never, you'll never guess. We had upgraded from the, the, the Weber now to a, um, in 19, like 40s general electric refrigerator <laughs> that had been gutted racks installed inside and a firebox on the bottom so it was a vertical smoker in a ch- wow. chimney stack on the oh, rooftop. Okay, yeah, okay. i've got it on the other side of my house right here i'll have to i'll have to walk over and show I, you but um i think there's someone like i think someone like uh dr howard conyers who is like a rocket scientist and a barbecue guy and uh-huh. i think his dad did this like this is like 60 years ago or something he did something like that too like some kind that sounds so similar well we found it on craigslist down in like los angeles and like we needed we needed to volumize but you know i wasn't really sh- i needed i also wanted to i knew at that point i was i was over charcoal and it was time to start using wood yeah. like full on we found this this unit down in la the guy had like been cooking ribs on it and i was like well can you cook brisket on it? he's like i don't know i never have the time <laughs> But it had like six racks inside, so we were we were filling it up with, with you know five or six briskets at a time. Holy hell, that's um, so cool! That's and you, can you wait till you see this thing, man. It's yeah, send me some I, I will, dude. I will. I mean, it's right on the other side of my house, but it's beat up now. She's had a long run, um, a lot of flare ups, a lot of. I mean, it caught fire a few times um, at like three a.m. Um, grease fires. Those vertical ones are scary, though. Cause the grease fires are, are scary on those because everything's dripping yeah, on top a, of it. It becomes you know a, mean? And, and with like a, a hack well job and you know, it's just, there's something's going to be leaking somewhere. So <laughs> um, that was a, uh, my next purchase was a fire extinguisher. A certain type of pit. You're like, it's a fire no, extinguisher. No, <laughs> a fire extinguisher for that thing. A smart um, choice. But yeah, so we were, we were running this catering company and we did really well. And we, like I said, we were bouncing all around town and like, it was this very like spirited collaborative thing. Um, like I said, a lot of different breweries, wineries, restaurants, like everyone's just like really supportive. So we fostered some really great relationships there. What were you guys called um, at the time? At the time we had a, it was called 805 Smoke Company. Mm-hmm. I think I remember seeing that online. I still love that name. It was like, <laughs> it was so rad. Um, and then I kind of went like, I kind of went dark for a little bit at that point where I was dealing with some family shit and, um, you know, un- unfair to my friend, Mike, like I kind of like put him in a tough spot. We had just got like a sprinter van and we were just getting ready to start like uh. moving. Yeah. Moving up. But like, I, there's something in, like I was dealing with some family stuff and, and also like, I felt like we were moving really fast and I, I wasn't like quite confident yet in the food. And I think it's because we didn't really have a pit, like a proper, like, yeah, we didn't have a proper pit yet. And it just didn't, there's still so much more for me to learn that I just, I, I went dark on him and I had to like, 
had some searching to do on my own which happens like totally kind of yeah like (laughs) yeah i've been there before i know what it's like it's yeah it's a journey yeah so yeah so i had to unplug a little bit and that's when i started doing a lot of traveling and uh for food i started going to new york a lot um my sister had moved out there she went to ucsb too so i've been going to new york a lot and meeting a lot of chefs and eating i was going to charleston a lot some friends out there yeah and then i started then i started taking these ventures out to austin (laughs) and that's when my that's when my head exploded (laughs) Uh, that's when my head exploded and i was like holy shit this is badass yeah there's something different Um, it was wild man and honestly like my first stop i on there i went on like a four-day tour with like with like my girlfriend at the time who was like a trooper because it's like four days of barbecue is not easy on anybody (laughs) especially if you're going to especially if you're going to like three joints a day yeah yeah um i'll never forget thank you so much clark's oyster bar in austin for saving our lives man i like i think i shed a tear when like i had a bottle of like shannon and and like 12 dozen oysters come in front of me instead of like a beef rib yeah, and another uh-huh. lone star dude i was like i needed it um, yeah that's the first time that place has been shouted out that place is fantastic <laughs> yeah dude i mean but it, it, it was it was the contrast that no like, and it's yeah it's the it's the palate it's what up. you need for your palate it's uh, i need i dude, i needed it um but well, what was yeah, the first spot first what was that first thing what was that first, first hit can you can you guess what the first hit was it's, it's, it's iconic it's so if it's iconic it's either franklin or it, or did you were you in lockhart or were you in we went to we went to salt lick man we had oh. to <laughs> it was it, also because we got in in the afternoon and that's like iconic, that's iconic so the 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 original in oh yeah in, in like spring and like also coming from like i don't know coming from california man i don't know better of course as advertised it delivered it was so good thurman's choice plate <laughs> well, also it. the location's cool like it kind of feels like t- to me a little Santa Inez-ish kind of like or kind of oh, like well, doesn't it oh, I'm gonna bring that it's funny you said that. I'm gonna bring that story back a little bit later it's funny okay. that you said that my trip to snows was like that's that's when that light bulb went off but okay um anyways yeah we went to uh went to Salt Lake had a great lunch next day hit Valentina's in the morning nice uh yeah, we went to um, La Barbecue. La Barbecue, that was, that was my next guest. <laughs> and at that point, Brendan and Dylan were cooking. Ah. And those guys showed me such a good time. Granted, I did show up with a six-pack. Um, <laughs> but, dude, they were so great. They let me into the back. Um, they introduced me to, like, some of the other guys that they were working with. They were, like, throwing beef ribs on, and they were mm-hmm. watching briskets and, like, Dylan and Brennan, they were like wide open books. Like I sat there the whole afternoon with those guys and just like asked them. You could talk to them forever. Dude. Yeah. And like when the beer starts flowing too, like those guys are like so much fun. <laughs> they are. Uh, and it, it started raining later that day. And like Dylan's like, throw on a trash bag. We're doing it. <laughs> so like we're all covered in trash bag ponchos, like 10 in the fire. And like, my chick like at the time that was your girlfriend she was like like, she's like you're loving this aren't you i was like hell yeah this is great so yeah man that that was a very memorable day um and i also learned a lot 
Do you talk to those guys still? Uh, Dylan, uh, sometimes I'll shout him out. I know he's out in Colorado, like on the yeah, ranch, yeah. Um, <laughs> like fucking hanging fences and, and roping. <laughs> That's so um, wild. And Brennan, you know, Brent, like, you know, Instagram, you know, yeah. he's a busy shout he has out, a kid shout and, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got a kid. I will shout out back and forth, but like, I use those guys for a while afterwards as, um, as, uh, soundboards for shit. Like right. if I was trying to troubleshoot, like, like I said, those guys, uh, those guys were huge and like helping me get a firm understanding of like what I needed to be doing. Wow. Did you um, go to like Micklewaite? And- well, yeah, I went to Micklethwaite, loved it. Um, did Franklin's loved it. Terry Black's um, maybe just to get did a Terry, but yeah, well, that was on a separate trip, but we did, uh, we also did, um, on that trip, uh, Curlin's, which was suggested by Dylan and Brendan. Okay. And that was fabulous it's like the sleeper like i think Dude, still, still that, Mick, that and micklethwaite man like those <laughs> those places are great um but then i'd go back and I'd, I'd take like just day trips on my own i'd fly from california into texas like on a whim yeah i'd hit like um louis mueller's was a big one mm-hmm. i remember going there and i was like this like that that really set the tone for me on like like what the feel should be for a space yeah you know because it, it was that place is just such a, a time warp yeah and the, and they're so consistent then they've been consistent yeah it's amazing so long like it's, no it's a it's amazing it's a, and the quality is so high like mm-hmm. that place is really an anomaly man it's like uh, considering what they're cooking on and like the space and where they're at like that place is yeah like, one of a kind dude yeah what rush just in general like from a restaurant perspective even outside of barbecue like i hold that like really high up yeah because i'm a sucker for nostalgia i'm a sucker for, like, stuff. Like... you know I'm, I'm a sucker for that man i'm a sucker for places that like are dedicated and do what they do mm-hmm. and are like proud of it yeah um and that are timeless you know i yeah. think there's something to be said about stuff that's timeless there's a lot of like authenticity there and yeah, and hits uh, on this on this. I took a day trip and hit Louis Mueller and Snows. Um, I hit Snows in the morning, and Louis Mueller's in the afternoon. But my drive out to Snows, I was leaving Austin at like four or five in the morning. I think the drive's like forty five minutes from Austin mm-hmm. to Taylor. And um, sun was coming, like barely peaking. It was really foggy out. And as I was driving, I was solo on this one and. I kept looking around and it's just like oak trees everywhere and cattle and like rolling hills. And, and for a minute, I felt like I was in mm-hmm. the Valley here. Yeah. And it looked just like it. And I was kind of like bugging out. I was like, God, this looks a lot like home and um, ended up having a killer time at snows. Uh, met up with Yoni, who was a very generous host. Shout out Yoni. Thanks again. Um, he introduced me to his friend, uh, Patrick Hernandez. Cool guy. Who's dude? He's he's a killer. Um, shout out, dude. What up, um, homie? And uh, I got to meet some really great people at Snows. Dude, that was an incredible experience as well. I, think I learned a lot. Snows, Snows uh, taught me a lot about like the the fraternity of everything and line culture, man. <laughs> like, yeah, that's Franklin's was great too. Franklin's was great too. Uh, cause there was a gentleman working there, um, who was on it, man, like for beers, I'll kind of forget his name, but he was Dude. great. But 
but snows man that place is something else because it is just a party mm-hmm. um and i remember i got there super early i was like i think second in line and there's some some dudes there from like i think they're from like like el paso or something and they had their own little barbecue thing and they were up for the day and they invited me to sit with them later that day. And I met some dude from like Denmark, you know, and I was like, wow, there's so many people, all four corners of the world are here. There's um, And there's nothing like that in, in other types of food. Like it just, it's, there's something really special. And there's something that I've tried to explain, like my friends that don't like barbecue, like I, like it's, they don't get it. There's something something really different something really special and and snows epitomizes that for sure man it like that was that was such i mean also with the hospitality of yoni hospitality of yoni and, and patrick like that definitely made for a pretty great experience yeah so after like taking a lot of trips to austin and texas in general um that's when i started getting a better bite for like what i needed to be doing is that when you got the harper or i do order that yet? yep yep so that's when i i found drew um on craigslist because <laughs> i i just searched offset in my local craigslist classifieds uh, just offset smoker every day bang 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 and like every once in a while you'd find like this rusted out can and then i found uh, one of Drew's ads. This was before, like it was Harper like Barbecue. Early, like early days. I think he was still like working on boats or some something like that. He was making stuff in like a garage, I think, or something, or, or like a little. No, this was then. No, this was then. This yeah. was like five years ago, maybe four or five years ago. But um, there are these little backyard pits, and I was like, oh shit! Like this guy, whoever this is, has an eye for it, um, and he's in California, not far from me. So I remember I linked up, I gave him a call. I was like, Hey man, I'm curious in a pit, but I need something bigger. I was like, are you doing anything like larger? He's like, how big? And I said, 500. He's like, I got a 650. I was going to build for myself, but you still got your name on it. Wow. So yeah, I put down on that and he turned that over in a couple months and he came up, dropped it off. He was going to catch some surf too. So he That's towed cool, it up really like cool a gent. Man. Yeah. Man. I love I him like, so much. <laughs> Yeah, dude, he's he's awesome. So, shout out Drew for dropping the big girl off. I think that was one of his bigger builds at the time. That sounds like it. I don't think like I I'm I'm sure I to, now I'm gonna go back and listen to my interview with him because I'm sure he mentions that somewhere. I'm sure it gets weaved into it somehow. But when that got delivered, that was really the um, that was really when the the bar was set at another level. That and really that, helped me. But were you still doing? little pop-ups or anything so, were you still bartending and kind of having this in so was, oh man yeah i had a little bit of a work problem there for a while <laughs> yeah you know like seven days i mean i feel like the restaurant kind of sucks you in you know uh because the money's good and you work long hours and it's like fast pace yeah. you've got friends there's always action so it's like i got caught up in working i was working rush. Two, or three, two or three yeah well yeah i was working two or three jobs at one point uh running the beverage program at the lark and then bartending at, at boathouse and and then running the barbecue hustles on the weekend so i was like burning at both ends but um, how were people finding you like was it just kind of like so at, the, at this yeah at this point i kind of after i after i had taken my my hi, hiatus and like started traveling and kind of cooking and doing a little bit of like deep diving i started to come back out of the woodwork 
and I got that pit from Drew. And yeah, again, I kind of tapped into like all of my old friends, like, you know, um, a lot of brewery stuff, um, a lot of collaborative work with chefs like Jason at the Lark. Like he, again, like he's from Texas and it was really fascinating. Like our friendship uh, really grew because he did the reverse. He started as like, you know, a Texan barbecue guy, you know, and then read a Thomas Keller cookbook and flip, flipped his whole script, That's you know, and then, and then he moved to San Francisco and, and, you know, started cooking with some greats and, and found himself wrapped up in this like really like, you know, refined culinary world. And, but when him and I met, like I come walking in smelling like Oak smoke and like it, I think something went back off in his head <laughs> and he's like, Whoa, I need it. I need to tap back in. So now we like exchange information every huh. weekend because he's huh. cooking a lot at home. Um, and like, he's always recipe testing. The guy's like nonstop. Did he get testing, it in testing, offset testing. too? Uh, he's working on it, but oh, he, yes, okay. it, unfortunately his, his living arrangement doesn't really like that's the, so that's the hard part. Like, you know, I got this smoker delivered and I had nowhere to put yeah, it. Where, yeah. That was a good question, mind. especially where you are. Oh, dude, I may have made a lot of enemies. Um, my neighbors were pissed off because um, they were already pissed off with the refrigerator. You know, yeah. the General Electric, like that thing was just a heaver. And I was, you know, doing this stuff out of my backyard. So like I was running in and out at all hours of the night, smoke going to like four or five in the morning. Fire department coming by, but luckily they're all my bar patrons. So like <laughs> they were asking when the food's ready, you know. So yeah, that's like, that worked out good. <laughs> and you know, and then environmental health always calling me about like about like smoke complaints is someone on fire and stuff like that and you know again these stories i'm sure there's plenty i'm sure bert has no, i was gonna say i was gonna say man. this is what i heard from bert this is what i heard yeah, from bert's Andrew bert's probably Andrew. got dude bert bert's probably got a hundred of those stories i mean i do too but it's it's just what it is you know yeah. trying to cook in like the suburbs or like in any housing like development is like tough you well look at like andrew and michelle they were cooking in east la like that's in there yeah well, you know, what's, well, you know, what's funny is I actually would like, I'd, I'd find different houses where people would let me like park it there and cook there. Um, like my, my buddy had this big, like kind of like quarter acre little drop down lot and I'd pull it down there and that lasted a couple months before the neighbors started catching on. And then I had to move and relocate, you know, so it was very, like very rogue. Yeah. You know, kind of like operation. I had juggled quite a few places. Um, and thank you to everybody who let me uh, <laughs> park nice. that. Yeah, yeah. Huge out thank there. you. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but yeah, it's funny. I met um, a great couple, Patty and Kip. Uh, there were some bar like friends of mine that would always come in on the weekends, and they're like super fun. And uh, I was kind of explaining to them like my situation and they were like, Oh, we've got a parklet for you. That would be perfect. Oh, I was wow. like, I don't need, I didn't even know them at the point. I had just met them like that day. It was probably like our second or third drink. And I was like, man, really? And they're like, yeah, just come on, drive on over, come check it out. So they had this like really great, like they lived in this cul-de-sac and this little like, like overhang parklet thing that fit the smoker snug right under. And they're like, you can leave it here as long as you want cook come in and out like they, and they've become like you know you know parental figures 
Wow. To me, man, they've just been super supportive. They came and picked up barbecue last weekend, actually. So they're still. What uh, is what's a parklet? I'm like, well, am I, like, am I uh, an idiot? <laughs> I think it feels well, stupid. Is it like uh, a? I mean, it's uh, like a. It sounds like a term that like I should a large know. Gaze- large gazebo. You know, you build like a big overhang. Like right, for, it's not a like, garage. It's not a garage, but it's like an outdoor like garage. You so know, if you for like, of, for like RVs and stuff, usually or something. Or? Yeah, I mean, yeah, or like uh, just like additional Boat, parking. Yeah. You know, it's like normally made out of wood. Yeah. The big structure. Normally, people have like uh, foliage or like like vines growing through them. Yeah, I probably I see, know, I, like, I'll be, I'm sure I've seen it, but I'm just like this is the term I haven't heard. So I figure yeah, it, maybe there's three other people that are listening that don't know what that is too. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just like it's just like it's like two by sixes like yeah. going up and around in succession you know to create this little yeah. like kind of like parking space but anyways it fit the smoker great Perfect. they let me rock back there for like a year and a half wow. and i was i like that's when i dug out a lot of work there and uh did a whole bunch of stuff with jp at at the lark i did a bunch of like collaborative dinners there and and fourth of july parties all kinds of stuff and it's great working with him because he again chef background and wants to add all like look at it from a different perspective than just like beans and coleslaw you know what i'm saying like we're doing lamb ribs and, you know all kinds of cool creative stuff um but yeah so i was i was at patty and kip's house for a while and it was all very underground at the time and i was just doing stuff to like be busy and cook i just wanted to get my reps in yeah make a couple extra bucks and it uh it really started to take and what were you called at this time were you called no nothing it really didn't have a name <laughs> it, was it was all just... under it was all under my instagram guys and like if you knew you knew and like just it just really was, actually really cool yeah it really just what it was and yeah but people would show up and we'd sell out and you know the idea of scarcity is like another lesson learned there and like that's why like the whole culture it just works Mm-hmm. You know, it just works. Yeah, that's when I really kind of started cutting my teeth and, you know, roadshow, if you will. Um, how did you connect with Bells then? How did that? How... Oh, man. I, uh, a good friend of mine, Adam Shoebridge, uh, who's a good buddy and talented chef, uh, was getting ready to work for them, I think, as an executive Sioux. And he, I was like, where are you working? He's like, oh, I'm going to be up in. Los Alamos at this French bistro called Bells. And I was like, why? I was like, cause he like, I don't know. He he's from North Carolina and he's like worked with Sean Brock. He's worked in Hong Kong. Like it just didn't seem like in his wheelhouse. And I was like, why? He goes, oh man, they're just great people and they cook great food. And the chefs, you know, are badass and it's a good spot. So, um, he had introduced me to Greg and Daisy and, uh, you know, it's funny, like, right when I met them, they're like, oh, yeah, you're the barbecue guy. We know you. <laughs> you know, you just kind of, the, the moniker, you know, you just, the smoke, you know, always trails behind yeah. mm-hmm. to some degree. So we had, we had met casually, um, and then I was doing a pop-up at a friend's coffee shop one day, and I had a friend bring over some croissants. She was French and baked some croissants. I said, brought some over and I slapped some brisket in it. And I sent a picture to Greg, who is uh, one of the owner and operators. And, uh, and I said, French barbecue collab. 
And he was like, hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> that's cool. Um, that's all it takes. Yeah, that's kind of how the ball started rolling. And he was really inspired by, like, the Joe Beef, like, cookbook. Um, his, like, big outdoor barbecue cookbook. It was, like, yeah, this yeah. very French-inspired, like, barbecue book. It's great. Um, so that was kind of, like, his vision um, for our first meeting. He wanted me to do their two-year anniversary they were having in, in March of 2019. Okay. Um, so if you can see where this is headed, I, um, it's always headed this way. (laughs) You can see where this is headed. Um, the party was on March 15th, um, of 2019, which was the same day that Gavin Newsom shut down California and everything started going haywire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Upside down and backwards. Yeah. yeah, It's crazy. And it was a really like surreal event for everyone because it was like all of their friends and family and like winemakers in the area chefs restaurateurs all these cool creatives were like hanging out and like celebrating their two years and and i'm out there on the street like cooking i think we were doing like i smoked lamb shank and sausages that day for them um little platters for everyone we had just wine popped everywhere daisy Uh did like all these really beautiful sides and we had this whole thing lined up there's just this really strange air kind of hanging over everyone because there's just so much unknown with what was going to come. Is this going to yeah. be a week? Is this going to be a couple of months? Is this going to be a couple of years? Yeah. Like, is this the end of time? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it really, it really, everyone was pretty shook at that point. So um, after that, after that event, um, I kind of like had a recap with Greg and Daisy and I was like, I was like, you know, I'm, I'd love to come back and cook. I had a great time. I love the environment. I love the atmosphere. And uh, it's really funny looping back to snows. It really does look a lot like up here. Like it really, it's really the, the it's just uncanny how, how, how the resemblance of the two, you know, yeah. just rolling hills, cattle, horses, you know, the whole nine. Um, it's really anyways, beautiful up there. If you haven't been up to up past Santa Barbara, p- people, if you're listening, you should. Like I hate to say should because I don't want to force people, but it's a good idea to go up there because it's it's different. It's a lot. I think the everything, the topography, everything changes once you get outside of LA, get past Camarillo and get past Carpinteria. Like it's just yeah, it's nice. Yeah, man. I like I like to say it's like it's true like California heritage at its finest. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, re- it really is. I mean, you get a you get a serious grip of uh, of what California was, mm-hmm. um, you know, a hundred years ago. Definitely it still holds on to a lot of that, but. Anyways, I, I asked them, I was like, yeah, I'd love to come back and cook. And they're like, we'd love to have you. Um, and Greg and Daisy being like very clever and very intelligent, um, both coming from like really great F&B backgrounds. They just know how to like stay on their toes and, and stay dynamic. And that's exactly what happened. So like the minute that the shutdown started happening, like they shifted gears into like these takeaway meals. And I was doing the same already in Santa Barbara. I was beginning to do that in Santa Barbara at a friend's brewery, Third Window, where I would do these, like, you know, advertise these packs of barbecue for like four to six people. You know, it was like a pound of brisket, pound of ribs, pound of pulled pork, a couple of different sides, curbside pickup, you know. Pre-order so like, you're doing that pre-pandemic? No, no. This was this was all came to formation as okay, the okay, pandemic okay. began. As, as things were rolling. Um, yeah. So that, yeah, my my head started shifting like. So as the, yeah, as the pandemic hit, like things started shutting down, I had to like kind of make an assessment of how to like stay alive, I guess, from a business standpoint. And um, 
I started doing these like package, like curbside pickup meals out of third window brewing shout out to Chris and the whole team at third window, these beer packages to get like a four pack Pilsner with like your, you know, pack of barbecue was getting ready to start doing these like, you know, rotisserie chicken dinners and like all these like, you know, family sized meals to kind of keep, keep their momentum going. And, and he asked if I would come up and kind of like give the staff a little break and like maybe offer barbecue for one of the weekends. Right. So that's what we continue to do for the next year is like, we just started offering these big pre-order barbecue pickups uh-huh. up at the restaurant. And, um, and that's how our relationship really started to take off. But people were um, probably down for that, right? Because yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was experimental. I had a feeling that like, it was just the good, right timing too. I was kind of getting sick of like Santa Barbara and like all the feedback I was getting not necessarily from people, but circumstances, you know, it's like, it's like a, like Bert or Andrew, I'm sure kind of got frustrated at one point and they tried to scratch in their heads, trying to figure out where they could go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's great. It's just the open outdoors out here and people like appreciate wood fired cooking. They appreciate, they, they want it, you know, mm-hmm. um, there it's the romanticism is still alive. Mm-hmm. And uh, it became a really nice transition. And uh, I just kept cooking barbecue out here and they kept wanting to support it. And now we've built like this really great partnership. When, so when did you start doing the every Saturday thing? Is that when that's. Uh, so we did for, we did the to go meals for about a year. Um, but then Labor Day of last year of uh, 2020, is when we kind of like broke off and, and started serving barbecue in the street right out front of the restaurant. Okay. Um, and I'd be parked out there overnight and doing my thing. And it became this really cool, like hangout, like, you know, cause I'd be out there Friday night, the staff would get off, they'd come out and have a beer with me. Oh, that's um, so cool. The local, the locals would be like walking by and I, I can't help myself being a bartender. I just start <laughs> chatting it up with everybody walking down the street or, you know, it was a great opportunity opportunity for me to get to know the community, mm-hmm. the Los Alamos community, small town, small cowboy town, but I got to know everybody pretty quick. Um, cause I was just that kind of like lone gun, like midnight rambler, smoky Joe type. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, I think it's like probably something like this mythic thing that they're like, what, what is going on over here? Yeah. A lot of questions. Um, but it was great. Um, so like Labor Day of last year is when we decided to kind of like jump off and make it at least a somewhat of a regular thing. And yeah. it was just like first come, first serve, um, get it while you can. And that was really interesting because it was like trying to teach or not teach, but trying to show like this new culture of like waiting in line. It's just a crazy, it's been a crazy roller coaster, man, honestly. But um so yeah. so when did you when did the when did the um the Saturday of the morning kind of bar, morning barbecue thing uh, and then when did you change to do it when did you actually call yourself pre pre diet pre diet barbecue pre-dite, pre-dite. um uh yeah it kind of stayed under my like kind of like weird underground barbecue guys for a couple of months and then uh in like collaborating with Greg and Daisy like we kind of helped shape it for what it is now uh and really start to focus on branding and things okay. like that so we got some great branding going and uh some 
people helping us out with like some art curation. Yeah, who does that? That stuff's uh, rad. That stuff like your Instagram stuff is so cool. Yeah, that's a uh, rocks a boxes go Graham and shout out. Hey, like you can you you pitch, I like we've been pitching them these ideas. You know? Can you hear me? Yeah, say yeah. the name again because I don't want to lose it. Yeah, okay. can you hear me? yeah, rocks a box in studios, San Francisco. Okay, how about now? Yeah, yeah, rocks a box in studios. I heard that. Yeah, <laughs> um, rocks a box in studios in uh in San Francisco. Shout out to Graham and Libby, but they're great. They um they do a lot of the work for Bells, uh, and they're super creative. Uh, and Libby took on recently. Uh, we've been kind of giving them this general aesthetic. Like, I really like the use of the old English. Um, cause I see it a lot here in like Solvang, San Inez. Okay. Uh, it's just very, it's very classic. Mm-hmm. Um, even the elementary school in Solvang is in old English. Like, it's just a very, <laughs> oh, wow. just a very, cl- just a very classic thing. It's just like, I'm just trying to like incorporate the environment, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. somewhat into like what we're doing. The artwork is great. It's all just like old, like library of Congress stuff that we slap some text on. So it's all main recently. I've been kind of geeking out on some Roy Lichtenstein, like, pop art stuff that would and be interesting libby did those really badass like neon like out yeah like these those most recent ones have been these like neon posters which are so great because i like, kind of give this like pop art like Liechtenstein warhol vibe and she just like nailed it so it's just it's just fun like creative kind of art you're, you're having fun end. you're like, being creative like yeah. advertise these like breakfast barbecue gigs we're doing Right. Um, so, so if someone, so, so number one, how far away is it from Santa Barbara or from solving? Uh, so from Santa Barbara, I feel like door to door, it'd probably be like an hour and a half. Okay. Um, so it's a pretty good stretch. We're out, we're out in the sticks. Yeah. Um, uh, but that's kind of like what we're going for. But it's like cool. We, we kinda, driving up there is great. Oh, it's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. I mean, it's wine country, man. So yeah. all you get is, like I said, cattle and like, and, and vines yeah. and it's, like I said, quintessential uh, California, but uh, yeah, it's a beautiful drive and that's, we're going for like, you know, off the beaten path a little bit, yeah. like, you know, taking the, taking the trip out. Like I mm-hmm. said, the, the inspiration is like places like snows and Louis Mueller's yeah. where like you take this like excursion mm-hmm. out to some like old rail town and have this like incredible experience. That's and, uh, ideal. Yeah. So I feel, I feel really lucky to be in this space to have Greg and Daisy on my back. Um, also to have like my counterpart, Brendan, who I worked at Boathouse with for a majority of those years. Oh, he cool. was my GM there. And now he's like my partner in this whole thing. Oh, that's rad. So like our squad is just like super tight right now. And I feel super fortunate um, where we're at. So what's your menu um, generally right now? Uh, brisket, uh, brisket, ribs, pork shoulder, um and we're making our own sausages right. uh kind of like a uh ode to the linguisa again kind of like going to that portuguese kind of like heritage as for our sides doing a fennel jalapeno slaw uh okay. really like using fennel because it just grows everywhere out here and i feel like it's pretty indicative to the area and like with jalapeno it's just it's just a nice like refreshing take yeah. on you know a classic staple um so it's not as weighty as you know kind of like the classic like mayonnaise slaw mm-hmm. um we do a potato potato salad with buttermilk vinaigrette and roasted poblanos we make our own tortillas out of uh our rendered beef fat 
um, which has become a practice in itself. Honestly, man, like that has become a huge study um, for Brendan and I. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of details. Baking's a whole different world, um, and it's and it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. And we've been, I'm really happy with where they're at. And it took us a while. It took like six months of some serious like R and D to get them where they're at now. But wow. yeah, I saw that on your menu. Um, we do a couple different pickles right now. We're doing one with Fresno chilies, uh, radishes, and red onion. All right. That's um, cool. Yeah, which is great, kind of like a spicy kind of radish pickle. We do these like Oaxacan style black beans. Because um, on that hiatus uh, that I had taken, I spent a couple months in Mexico in Oaxaca <laughs> making mezcal uh, with Del Maguey, which was an insane experience. <laughs> oh, that's a but nice story right there. Really. That's a uh, dude. Well, yeah, right. Well, yeah, actually. Part two. Like, I'm, dude, yeah. I'm working on this little piece right now, like on like the parallels between barbecue and mezcal. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting, man. Like that, wow. that's a, for a whole nother talk, but um, it, it's kind of fascinating. Um, yeah. But anyway, so we took like, you know, I'm taking a little bit of like my background and my travel. So the beans are definitely like in the, in the same ration as I found, like when I was down in Mexico. Um, oh, that's cool. But uh, yeah. And then we do a couple different fermented hot sauces um probably a six to eight week ferment like lacto is um one of them's a ginger or a carrot habanero fresno garlic and then another one's a scallion serrano and jalapeno wow just like from uh, taking a nod from renee or is that just uh uh well more so a nod from uh uh sean brock via oh, sean brock, okay. my, my friend adam shoebridge okay gotcha because okay. uh the, our recipe is really kind of rooted in in his method um lacto i guess now is a renee red zeppi term which is yeah. hilarious yeah, i know that funny yeah um you you ferment it it's a it's a renee thing yeah all of a sudden um, yeah, like, like, no it's, it's actually no yeah fermented hot sauce very very akin to like what you'd find at at husk or something like that wow and it's right now yeah, it's all we, it's all pre-order yeah right? uh we're doing both we do uh one big like first saturday first come first serve Okay. Normally curated with like a beverage partner, either okay. a f- some friends who are own a brewery or some friends who like make wine. Um, so we'll have them come up and like set up a little booth and like pour beer or wine for people, and uh, it becomes a little bit of a, a little bit of a party. Yeah, nice. Um, which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we'll throw two pre-orders down uh, the last two weeks of the month. So what we're trying day, to like, like is it coming like out on a Wednesday or a Thursday? Uh, the pre-orders released a week ahead of time. Okay. Then we do the pre-orders the last third and fourth Saturday of the month, and we'll drop the link the second week of the month. So you get like about a week, a week and a half to, you know, get your orders in for the, for those pre-orders. But, um, it's been nice because, because the first come first serves are like this really raucous, like wild, like, you know, energy. You know, people are showing up and it's like 9 a.m. So like people are dedicated and they've got it's pretty insane to watch now because like being the person who's waited in line at all these places to have people now showing up with chairs and coolers and stuff like for Such us, a cool it's, feeling. Oh, it's great. It's great. And people love it. And like we even get people now who call like they're like, yeah, I pre-ordered. But, you know, can we still line up and hang out? You know, <laughs> like they still want to party. Uh which is exactly like kind of what we've been setting out to do is like yeah. creating this, this environment that's bigger than the food. 
um, creating something that's like hospitable yeah. and yeah. And, and, you know, experiential. And, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. So, um, but we're trying to balance it out. You know, not everyone can start drinking beer at 8am on Saturdays. You know, yeah. some people have lives, kids <laughs> and other things to do. So the totally. pre-orders are nice, uh, because it helps us with waste. Yeah. Um, and it helps everyone be a little bit more coordinated. Probably helps so, planning in the planning portion of it too, right? Like you can plan ahead definitely. a little better. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, from yeah, on the back end, it's great because I know everything I need to. Everything. There's no guessing. Yeah. And the hardest part, honestly, is like selling out, and then I got people still waiting, and you know, yeah. we do this. Th- we do this thing called Taco Hour when we get to like, you know, kind of when I'm pinching down to my last bits. <laughs> Um, I kind of just holler and I say, you know what, everyone's getting a free taco, like pulled pork taco. And then, you know, whatever sides we got left. Um, that's nice. Like this feels very different. It feels different, especially different than what I've seen in California. It's a, it, and it's, there's, it, this is, is there anything else that's even remotely like this in central California? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't really seen it. Um, like maybe in because, some guy's backyard that we don't know about, but for sure he might be your next interview. But um, <laughs> but no, up here it's really cool because it's all these old vintage steakhouses. Yeah, uh, like Jocko's, Jocko's Hitching and, yeah. Post, and and Cold Springs and stuff. So um, what we're doing is is I think style wise quite a bit different um, yeah. because we're kind of like incorporating that like that line culture, mm-hmm. and I think that's like something that people have now like adopted and, and become to enjoy. So yeah, I think it's pretty, it's a pretty new concept. I feel like for up here and yeah. it's, um, people have been having a great time with it. Are you getting a lot of people from Los Angeles coming out? Yeah. Yeah. It's been nice. great. That's from, cool. Yeah. LA and from, and from the Bay who are taking a trip down, they'll stay at, there's a couple of great hotels up here in Los Alamos, um, the sky view and the, the Alamo motel. And people come and it's great what they'll do. Most people like come on Friday, get their room, have dinner at Bell's. And then the next morning, wake up and hit us for barbecue. That is perfect. That's what I was going to ask you what what the perfect experience would be. like. That is the real hit. Like if you come on Friday. Okay. This is what I'm going to do. And hit, get a reservation at Bell's, have dinner and then stay the night across the street and then come back in the morning for some barbecue and beers. And that's, uh, that's really the one, two punch. Okay. And, uh, and then Friday nights have become quite a little hangout for us. I was going to say, around. you're cooking, you're cooking up. <laughs> yeah. So that's become quite a little hangout for us. So it's, it's become a notorious, uh, locals hang. Nice. Um, you know, as I'm like kind of rapping and, and getting into the final push of the cook, you know, people kind of BYOB and nice. sometimes we've been known to smash some burgers and that's cool and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you have, have you ever, have, have, have you heard of this guy, John Troxel? <laughs> Trox? I'm kidding. Dude, Trox Trox has been around our spot a few times, man. We love Trox. Shout out, John, man. You're the man. Yeah, I love John. Such a great guy. He's he's like a mentor to me. Like he's taking me under his wing to to kind of play around with the camera. And he's a stud. He's a cool guy. Energy through the roof. Mm -hmm. Passion. Such passion. Loves food. John's a great guy. Um, But yeah, he's been up quite a few times to shoot bells and, and barbecue. Isn't there a, a certain farm that you guys use a lot? Uh, yeah, we love Daisy fostered a great relationship with um, the Finleys. Finleys, okay. uh, yeah, Johanna and Chris, and they grow some beautiful produce. Uh, 
right now the jalapenos are blistering hot, but they're so good. Which is interesting um, because I think they've done them down for the supermarkets out here because they're like it doesn't taste yeah. like it used to when I was a kid. It's different. Well, it's dude, like commodity, Solana. yeah, commodity produce, man, is like, and that's the other thing. Being out here is we have like a huge bounty. Yeah, so, um, so like, yeah, like the fennel for our slaw is like comes from the Finleys and the jalapenos and when we can get cabbage when it's in season, you know, all that stuff. Like we were doing, we were doing smoked like elote specials the past couple months. Cause the, they had these like insane, like mixed uh, kernel, uh, cobs coming in. And, I love those. <laughs> Just so to look nice, at you. <laughs> I know, but, uh, it's nice, man. It's very inspiring being here because you know, you're surrounded by like all these great farmers and like winemakers and chefs. And it's like a pretty, pretty great community from a, from a culinary standpoint. And people should go up there, not just because of like, just to visit you, but I think it will also, it'll open their mind to what California really is about and what, what it has to offer. And it gives, it'll, it'll, it'd be a nice change of pace for a lot of people. I think it would be really important to do it. Yeah. I had a, there's a guy that just moved into town and he, I remember this was just a couple of weeks ago. He comes like kind of shuffling over. He still had his like, slippers on and like some sweats and like some t-shirt and he had a cup of coffee and look how he'd come walking from around the corner and he's like hey man what's he's like what he's like what's going on here and i'm like oh we cook barbecue man we're just getting ready he goes oh cool and i'm like where are you from like he goes oh we just moved here from los angeles last night last night nice. and i'm like yeah you look a little shell-shocked <laughs> he goes man i haven't had that good a night's sleep in 20 years oh shit Oh, you know, and we uh, just got, and we just got to rapping a little bit and like he, you know, worked in Los Angeles for yeah, most of his life and he wanted to kind of make a shift and unplug. And, you know, since then he's like been loving this, you know, the new lifestyle. So yeah, actually, it's, it's probably really, actually sees stars at night and stuff. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. It's pretty special out here. Um, and it's definitely, you know, if you get barbecue, would love to see you, but um, even just experiencing what has to offer it's really funny type of stuff yeah. you know it's, are you wearing a cold springs tavern everything everything you shout out love them <laughs> that's awesome love cold springs love yeah. it that drive to it too is cool like the, with this coming from the south best it's like it's amazing yeah the bridge and yeah man yep love hanging out there i go there as much as i can nice shout out shout out to Rhonda. She's been pouring me DBAs and shots of wild turkey for years. <laughs> well, uh, we'll have to meet there sometime for sure. Well, what's, what are all Absolutely. the different? What are all the different ways people can get a hold of you? Uh, Instagram is the best channel. Okay. Uh, we we go through that the most in promoting like our our next events and things like that. Um, also, if people like people like to hit me up for like questions on like their own home cooking and troubleshooting, okay. like I'm always down to talk about that. Um, even though. Sounds like Jerby's got that on lock. Um, <laughs> he, he doesn't have time for every human. There's a, there's a, so, so spell the name. E-R-I-E-I-T-E. And that is. E-R-I-E-D-I-T-E. Okay. And it's, a, and is that, is, is there's always a link off of Instagram for pre-orders or for. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. Once, once we start promoting the pre-order, the link will be in the bio. Um, we start marketing like at least a week in advance for like the first come, like 
if it's someone's first time, like I'd honestly try and hit the first come first serve because it's just too much fun. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, pack a cooler with you and just like get to know the the community a little bit. Nice, that's awesome. Well, thank you for taking um, the time. This is like we could have talked. Honestly, there's like a lot of things I want to hit, so maybe we'll do a part two, maybe in person or something. Totally. Yeah, I'm I'm totally game with that. Yeah, because there's there's a whole nother bit. Yeah. Um, especially with this new thousand gallon that we've got from from our friend Cam and. Uh, we really upgraded quite a few things. So um, we're, we're really setting into our stride right now and it feels pretty good. Nice. Well, I caught you early in your, in your uh, trajectory and then we'll, we'll continue this. We'll, we'll maybe catch up in a, a couple months or three months, four months. And then also I'll, I'll come visit, but uh, thank you so much for taking the time. And, and from afar, I love what you're doing. I love the aesthetic. I love the style. I love the food that you're putting out. It looks fantastic. And it just, it's a cool vibe. You've, it's just seems like something that, uh, I think a lot of people, what if they don't know about you, hopefully from this, they'll get to, to know you better and uh, want to come up and visit you or come down <laughs> and visit you. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, man, we'll, we're, we'll be out there. Um, or come sideways from. Or yeah. Nice pun. I, oh, I didn't mean nice to even one. There you go. <laughs> I hate to say, oh, nice one. I didn't, nice one. I didn't want to weave that in. That's terrible. Nice, I'm going to have to do some clever editing right there. Yeah. Leave <laughs> me to my, it. you can, you can leave me to my Merlot now. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Enjoy. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. We'd, uh, yeah. We'd love to see uh, anybody right, wants cool. to come out and it's a, it's a pretty special, pretty special place. And uh, like I said, we have a, a really solid crew out here. Nice. Um, Look forward to meeting so. all you guys. Yeah, I'm firing up the pit tomorrow morning. Nice. Well, enjoy. Yeah. Back on, you know, right back in the driver's seat. <laughs> That's right. It doesn't end. <laughs> All no. right, cool. Well, it was good. It was very nice to meet you, Nick. And uh, you uh, as well. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to talk to you soon. Yeah, Kevin, thank you. Thanks for what you're doing. I right, appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye. Yep.